Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. It's Tuesday and we're waking up to new help and hope across Hurricane Ravage, Florida. A firsthand look at the damage and some encouraging signs of progress in that storm zone. It's October 4th. This is today. Door to door. Rescue. Rescue crews reaching more survivors in communities cut off by Ian. Now one of the deadliest hurricanes in Florida's history where they are live. And Alice tracking the remnants of the storm still soaking millions from the mid-Atlantic to New England and creating new flooding fears this morning. Breaking news, North Korea fires a missile over Japan for the first time in five years. Millions of residents urged to take shelter. The alarming escalation and the response from the United States overnight. Scathing report, growing outrage after an investigation uncovers systemic abuse and misconduct in the National Women's Soccer League and the owners and officials who turned a blind eye inside the disturbing culture that apparently starts in youth leagues and what all parents need to know. Jet lag, the looming plane shortage set to create even more chaos for the airlines and the deadline to circle if you're on the hunt for flights this holiday season. Those stories plus pay up. Kim Kardashian hit with a hefty fine from the SEC over promoting cryptocurrency on her Instagram page. The latest in a line of celebrities targeted for a lack of transparency when it comes to posting on social media. And Gold Rush, the San Francisco 49ers knock off the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. But the hit of the night on this protester running on the field. But not for long. Today, Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Welcome to today. So happy you're joining us on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, a bit of good news out of Florida leads our news this morning, and we're happy about that. Yeah, the power has now been restored to nearly 2 million customers, roughly 1,600 people right now at this hour have been rescued. But here in the Northeast, remnants of Ian are still wreaking havoc, heavy rain, and now it's posing a major flooding threat. Live look at our soaked plaza this morning. Yeah, we got it all covered for you, including Al's forecast. We are gonna start though with Sam Brock in hard hit Fort Myers Beach for us once again. Hey Sam, good morning. Hoda, good morning. There are nearly 3,500 structures here in Fort Myers Beach. Almost all of them are damaged or destroyed, complicating the ongoing search and rescue efforts as the scale of the damage continues to amaze. Hoda, look over my shoulder. Boats there that are collected like toys. There was a boat hangar that was just built here six months ago that is ripped out. More evidence right now of why some people are asking this morning whether or not evacuation orders came early enough. In between the sparsely populated homes on Fort Myers Beach are rows and rows of ripped up lots, some wiped clean of any trace of life. 
It's the first ground-level look at this island that took some of the worst that Ian had to offer. The destructive hurricane claiming more than 100 lives, half here in Lee County. On Monday, search and rescue crews let us follow their frantic search for survivors and victims. Where does this rank for you? I mean, do you think, is this comparable to a Katrina? Absolutely. More than a thousand people taking part in a massive rescue effort. That requires very extensive, tedious, very slow, methodical searching. As this morning, questions persist about whether the call for evacuations here in Lee County came soon enough. By last Monday at 5 p.m., the National Hurricane Center warned areas in Lee County were in danger of life-threatening storm surge. The county didn't start ordering evacuations until the next morning, hours after neighboring Charlotte County. Jeff Spots, who's lived here for 40 years and survived the storm, has a different take. Do you feel like the government gave adequate notification for mandatory evacuations? Oh, yeah. It was all over the radio. I mean, I I didn't leave because I'm dumb. Florida's governor also dismissing the Monday morning quarterbacking. We should be focusing on lifting people up and stop incessantly talking and trying to cast aspersions. Amid the tears. My mom was supposed to retire here and spend the rest of her life and be happy, and now we have nothing. There is light, too, as crews from Florida Power & Light have already restored electricity to nearly 2 million customers. The remaining 400,000 expected to get it back by Friday. Between storm hardening and the investments in smart grid technology, we have significantly shortened the amount of restoration time. The help. Coming from above as well, Lieutenant Nate Jones, a 29-year-old U.S. Coast Guard pilot, was one of the first on scene after the storm came ashore. His team rescuing 10 people and six pets. Jones following in the footsteps of his own father, Captain Bruce Jones, who helped rescue thousands of survivors during Katrina. This is what we trained for. This is why we joined. And when catastrophe strikes, uh, we are racing to the call and ready to go out there and do our jobs. It's hard to imagine all the needs, Sam, of the people there, but what are they telling you they need the most? What's top of of mind? Yeah, Hoda, just talking to people who live in this community, also friends who live here, they tell me schools is a major issue right now. There are more than a dozen in Fort Myers alone that are damaged. Many of them right now are being used as shelters for those who are displaced. Cars, Hoda, so many folks here have seen their only mode of transportation flooded out. So that is a problem as well. And then just electricity. Cape Coral, for example, has a smaller electrical provider. Many people there with no power whatsoever. So they're waiting in gas lines to get fuel to put into their generators and they're running out of gas while they're waiting in line. Now, I will note there's a fuel tax holiday in Florida that just kicked in about 25 cents off per gallon. That is going to help also a Florida state disaster relief fund already collecting tens of millions of dollars, distributing that to those in need. Hoda? That money can't come soon enough. All right, Sam Brockforce there in Fort Myers Beach. Thank you, Sam. And the remnants of Ian are still being felt up and down the East Coast, spawning a strong coastal storm, and it could linger for days. Al is here. has got the forecast details. We're feeling it here in the Northeast, Al. We sure are, guys. Overnight, there have been water rescues. There have been uh, high water rescues. We were talking about some places picking up to six inches of rain in southern New Jersey. This is Ocean City, New Jersey. And we've got more on tap, unfortunately. Why? Well, 
we've got this system. You can see the circulation around it. Remnants of Ian just bringing in a, a cold, damp rain. It feels like 43 degrees in New York City. Same in Philadelphia. Feels like 42 in Winchester. Scranton feels like 47 degrees. We're, we've got 16 million people at risk for flooding. One to two feet of inundation possible. Flooded streets, damaged property. Here's the problem. Jet streams up to the north. There's nothing to kick this system out. And so it's just going to drift for the next 48 hours and plus high pressure pushing in those winds right on shore. And so that's going to cause coastal flooding, probably some airport delays as well, because we've got wind gusts, some of them tropical force gusts, Ocean City, 41, Virginia Beach, 43, Islip, Long Island, 33 mile per hour wind gust. Rainfall amounts one to three inches, although heavier as you get out onto parts of eastern New England, two to three inches of that. And we're watching a couple of developments down out in the Atlantic. Uh, Invest 98 92L, 80% chance. What we're really watching, 91L developing down here in the Windward Islands as we put those spaghetti plots. We're not really worried about this one here, but this 91L, we've got to keep an eye on over the next few days. Guys? All right, Al. Thank you so much. Uh, now to that breaking news overnight. North Korea firing a missile over Japan, sparking warning messages from millions and a swift response from world leaders. NBC's Janice Mackey-Frayer has more on this story. Hey, Janice. Hoda, good morning. It's a major escalation by North Korea, an intermediate range ballistic missile that flew 2,800 miles right over Japan, triggering warning sirens for millions of people to take cover. And this is rare. Only twice before have missiles flown over Japan. Uh, Usually they fly higher, so the distance is into the air. This one went 22 minutes, crashed into the Pacific Ocean. Overnight, the State Department called it reckless and dangerous with, quote, deeply destabilizing implications for the region. Already the U.S. is talking about appropriate joint response, and South Korea has announced that in the last couple of hours they've conducted, quote, precision bombing drills as a response to this test. So, Janice, uh, the timing is curious. Why did North Korea decide to launch this high-profile launch at this moment? There's all the usual friction over U.S. joint military exercises with Japan and with South Korea and North Korea's claim that their weapons program is actually defensive. Uh, The concern now, Hoda, is the pace of these tests. There have been five in just over a week and also this show of increased capabilities. It can signal that perhaps North Korea sees opportunity to test longer range weapons because the U.S. has barely reacted to any of the short range ballistic missile testing that it's done over the past year. As well, there is the sense this could be the preamble to a nuclear test, something Kim Jong-un hasn't done since 2017. So this could be a provocative step toward that. Hoda? All right, Janice Mackey-Frayer, keeping an eye on that. Thank you, Janice. And now to the protests for women's rights that have swept across Iran, ignited by the death of a woman in the custody of the nation's morality police. They are the biggest demonstrations there in years. And this morning, Iran's supreme leader is responding and placing blame on the United States. NBC's Ali Arouzi in Tehran for us this morning. Ali, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. Despite the authorities coming down hard, there are still pockets of protests with women at the helm across Iran. This morning, concern over renewed clashes in Iran's universities after two weeks of unrest and deadly protests sweeping across the country. 
On Monday, Iran's top technology university was shuttered following an hours-long standoff between students and the police that turned the prestigious institution into the latest flashpoint. Amnesty International denouncing police for violently attacking and arbitrarily arresting university students. The unrest ignited by the death of a young woman in the custody of Iran's morality police, flaring up for a third week despite government efforts to crack down. Campuses, now a hotbed of dissent. And it's not just college campuses, resistance in high schools too. Footage shared by the New York-based Center for Human Rights in Iran, but that NBC News was unable to independently verify. The group says shows young Iranian girls removing their hijab while chanting from their schools. A stunning act of defiance and another sign of young women leading the way in these historic protests. Addressing the latest violence for the first time, Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Khamenei expressed support to the security forces and condemned the riots on Monday, calling them a bitter incident and accusing the United States and Israel, Iran's arch adversaries, of orchestrating the disturbances. The latest harsh crackdown by security forces drawing widespread international condemnation. President Biden issuing a statement overnight saying, I remain gravely concerned about the reports of the intensifying violent crackdown on peaceful protesters in Iran, including students and women who are demanding their equal rights and basic human dignity. Elsewhere, the protests that had engulfed the country following the arrest and the death of 22-year-old Mahsa Amini subsiding over the last week due to the massive security presence, arrests and internet blackout. Under 10 cities saw running battles with riot police, while women across Iran continue to defy the compulsory hijab, walking on the streets nationwide with their heads uncovered, waving their headscarves in the air. Uh, and Savannah, the crackdown hasn't stopped students and groups of defiant young women from continuing to challenge the authorities. In Tehran and other cities, you still see some women who are refusing to wear the compulsory hijab in public. You see young women standing on the sidewalk or weaving through the traffic-filled streets without a headscarf chanting, Woman, Life, Freedom, the slogan of this protest. Wow. Extraordinarily brave. Ali yeah. Ruzi and Tehran for us. Ali, thank you. Uh, coming up on 714, we say good morning to Craig. Hey, Craig. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. A scathing new report is rocking the world of women's professional soccer this morning. A year-long independent investigation revealing widespread abuse and sexual misconduct in the National Women's Soccer League. The report concluding... It is a systemic part of the game. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with more. And good morning. Good morning, Craig. This is a long and detailed report, some 300 pages, providing a glimpse into the ugly reality within the National Women's Soccer League and what investigators describe as the organization's failure to keep players safe. This morning, a damaging look behind the scenes of the National Women's Soccer League as a new report describes years of verbal and emotional abuse and sexual misconduct within the organization, calling it systemic, spanning multiple teams, coaches, and victims. Investigators conducted more than 200 interviews and spoke with over 100 current and former NWSL and U.S. national team players. According to the report, teams, the league, and the National Federation repeatedly failed to respond appropriately when confronted with player reports and evidence of abuse. We're talking about sustained, degrading, and manipulative conduct 
that was all about power. Former acting U.S. Attorney General Sally Yates led the independent investigation commissioned by U.S. Soccer last year after multiple reports described allegations of abuse by NWSL coaches. They call it systemic. How widespread was this? The barriers were not there. The consequences were not there. And thus, it allowed a a systemic problem to flourish for years. The Athletic first breaking the report of past players accusing former coach Paul Riley of sexual and verbal abuse. The allegations created an uproar across the league, including player protests during games and Riley's ultimate firing. Mana Shim played for Riley on the Portland Thorns, telling her story on Today last October. It's so prevalent. It's not just this team. It's not just this coach. It's across the league. It's across the sport. And we have to do something about it. And the report also alleges the systemic abuse in women's soccer isn't just at the professional level. Verbal and particularly emotional abuse is common in youth soccer as well. In the wake of Monday's alarming investigation, U.S. soccer says it is taking action. The Federation's president calling the findings heartbreaking and troubling. Now, we reached out to Paul Riley for comment, but we have not yet heard back. Last year, he denied all accusations to The Athletic. And in their statement about the report, U.S. Soccer says some of their new protections for players includes hiring a safe sport coordinator to oversee athlete safety and adding additional background checks for its employees. It seems like in cases like this, I feel like you do these these sorts of stories, and it seems like the coaches or people seem to always get moved around. Absolutely. What's stunning about this, Hoda, is this is the same story I've done about the Catholic Church, USA Swimming, Boy Scouts of America, any number of organizations. People, yeah, people did not listen to the people who said something bad was happening Mm. and they sided with the organization and then they covered it up. And what's most amazing about this, this didn't happen in the 1930s, 40s or 50s. This happened in the last 10 years. Mm. Yeah. A familiar yeah. pattern. Yeah, that's thank a you. pattern. All right. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Let's turn now to Monday Night Football. The 49ers take another division rivals, the L.A. Rams. And this one, this one was all San Francisco. 57 yards for the touchdown, that catch and run. The Niners go on to win that one 24-9. Debo looking great, but perhaps the biggest hit of the game came right here. Fan runs onto the field. He eluded security guards, but he did not elude oh. two Rams players. One, two, it's Bobby Wagner and Tack McKinley. They slam him to the ground there. Security quickly swept in and and took him into custody. Protester? Yeah, some sort of protester. Mm -hmm. Had some sort of pink, some Mm -hmm. sort of thing Mm -hmm. that he was. Mm -hmm. But Kevin Harlan, who was calling the game, had the best line as soon as it happened. He's like, Mm. oh, he's going to the slammer. First to the ground, then yeah. to the slammer. So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, Let's go back to Al now. Going to rest the forecast. All right, guys. Well, we got rain and wind here in the Northeast. Not going to be a great day, but down to the Gulf, sunny and warm, helping with the cleanup down there in Florida for our friends. Sunshine all the way to the Great Lakes. A flood risk in the Southwest as we continue to have that monsoonal moisture. Beautiful day up and down the West Coast. And that is your latest weather. Guys? Mr. Roker, thank you. Coming up, celebrity endorsements in the spotlight after Kim Kardashian is fined for promoting something on Instagram without revealing how much she was paid to do it. Emily Aketa right here with what you need to know about these type of posts. We see them all the time on our feeds. Also ahead, the looming jet shortage. It could cause some new travel chaos. Plus, why? Time is running out if you're looking for more affordable flights. <laughs> you know what? You have time. We're going to tell you That's when right. your deadline is. <laughs> Positive. We're giving you time. We're giving We're you giving time. You, time. This, you got it, Roker. But first, this is today on NBC.
When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, yeah, 7.30, rainy Tuesday morning here in New York, across much of the East Coast this morning. And as we look at that beautiful picture of the New York skyline, we say good morning. Mm -hmm. And thank you for waking up with us this morning. Happy you guys are here. We're going to start with a check of our 7.30 headlines. President Biden told Reverend Al Sharpton that he will seek a second term in office. That's according to an official with Sharpton's National Action Network. The comments reportedly came during a private conversation between Biden and Sharpton. At the White House last month, NBC News has reached out to the administration for comment. Meantime, President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden were in Puerto Rico yesterday to get a firsthand look at the damage Hurricane Fiona caused. The president pledged $60 million to the U.S. territory. He does plan to travel to Florida to survey hurricane damage there tomorrow. Got some new details this morning about some of the government records that were missing from the National Archives after Donald Trump left the White House. They included correspondence between Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Also missing was the letter that former President Barack Obama left for former President Trump when he took office. The National Archives made those details public yesterday in response to a Freedom of Information Act request by numerous news organizations. Well, no secret that everything costs more these days. And unfortunately, Christmas trees will be no exception. Tree farmers say you can expect to shell out a little bit more for that Douglas fir or scotch pine. Everything from operating costs to shipping has gone up. And those costs are going to be passed along to tree shoppers nationwide. Too early to ask. Fake or real? Uh, real. Going real. Real. Yeah. Cut it Definitely. down every year. Yeah. Same oh, form. Yeah. Okay. How about you guys? Uh, real, real. For sure. Real. All right. Also this morning, there's new attention on something we all see on our social media feeds. We're talking about those promotional posts. Yes, we are. Certainly nothing new for Kim Kardashian, who has a stunning 331 million followers on Instagram alone. But one post in particular has landed the influencer in some hot water with a hefty fine. Yeah, NBC's Emily Aketa is here with that story. Emily, good morning. Good morning to you all. It wasn't what Kim Kardashian said on Instagram that was the issue, but what she didn't by posting about crypto without listing how much she was paid to do so. Kardashian's case is putting other celebrity endorsements in the spotlight with federal agencies paying attention and getting involved. Kim, right up top here. Federal regulators are keeping up with Kim Kardashian and apparently her social media, charging the A-list celebrity with unlawfully touting crypto on her Instagram. In 2021, she wrote to her 225 million followers at the time, this is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token, which, like many cryptocurrencies, has since plunged in value. At the bottom of the post, she wrote, hashtag, 
ad. But the Securities and Exchange Commission says that doesn't go far enough, and she needed to disclose how much she was being paid to post, a quarter of a million dollars. You really need to know the nature, the source, and the amount of compensation, because investing, that's about one's future, that's about one's retirement. While Kardashian did not admit wrongdoing, the influencer, reportedly worth nearly $2 billion, agreed to pay nearly $1.3 million and not to promote any crypto assets for three years. In a statement obtained by NBC News, her attorney says in part she wanted to get this matter behind her to avoid a protracted dispute. The agreement she reached with the SEC allows her to do that so that she can move forward with her many different business pursuits. Kardashian isn't the first celebrity to get into hot water for what and how they're promoting products. Boxer Floyd Mayweather, music producer DJ Khaled, and actor Steven Seagal also fined by the SEC for how they promoted cryptocurrency. And crackdowns aren't limited to investing. The Federal Trade Commission warned artists like Cardi B and Jordan Sparks they must divulge connections when endorsing products. What should consumers keep in mind as they're scrolling through social media? Be a little cautious about somebody trying to say there's some get-rich-quick opportunity. Or if they're just touting something, do your independent research. Look, there's no bigger celebrity in terms of online influence than Kim Kardashian. As part of this, the SEC sending a message. It's a shot across the bow mm-hmm. to other celebrities. If you're going to get in this, we're giving investment mm-hmm. advice or, you know, those kind of promotions. You better disclose a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The SEC's hope is that other people are paying attention. Now, $1.3 million is really like a slap on the wrist for someone like mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian with a value nearly $2 billion, but mm-hmm. it's symbolic. They're hoping by going after someone as high profile as Kim Kardashian yeah. that they're sending a message to other celebrities that they're holding people accountable mm-hmm. no matter how famous they are. Yeah. Make a splash. Mm-hmm. Really, thank you very Thanks, much. Emily. All right, still ahead, guys, uh, our emotional and inspiring Pink Power conversation with the home edits Clea Shearer on the sisterhood giving her hope in her breast cancer fight. First, though, a new challenge facing the airlines. And Tom Costello, this one could impact our travel plans in a big way come holiday season. Well, no, I don't think it's going to be holiday season, but it's going to be beyond the holidays. The bottom line is, as the airlines are now getting back up and running following that very rough pandemic summer, Now there's a shortage of jets in the pipeline, which means in the next few years, they could be struggling. We're going to talk about it. We're going to go in depth when we come back. We're back at 739 with Consumer Confidential, our daily series focusing on issues that impact your family and your budget. Well, with the busy holiday travel season on the way, experts say now's the time to get your flight plans in order and down the line. Another potential shortage facing the airlines, and all passengers are going to need to know about this one. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us, joins us now from Reagan National Airport with more. Tom, good morning. Good morning, my second home here. Hey, listen, you know, we've talked a lot about the fact that the airlines have struggled over the summer, right? They've been dealing with staffing issues and the like. Now another problem, down the road, a shortage of jets. It's not going to impact holiday travel. But the bottom line is, as the airlines go forward, yet another challenge as they try to recover from the pandemic and get back up in the skies. For the nation's airlines already facing pandemic-related setbacks, a new patch of turbulence may be in the skies ahead. 
as the world's largest aircraft manufacturers, Boeing and Airbus, are struggling to meet delivery demands for new jets. Both companies cite ongoing issues with the supply chain as a major factor. The demand for the A320 family is very likely to remain stronger than our ability to supply for the many years to come. Southwest Airlines operates exclusively Boeing 737s. We're not getting airplanes as fast as we would like. We don't really need them yet, honestly, because we still don't have uh, our, the staffing flying ratio at a point where we can grow. But next year we will. A potential jet shortage, not an issue for the immediate future. But experts say it may be further down the line. For airlines coming off a summer travel season packed with delays, cancellations, and trimmed down schedules, as well as the ongoing critical flight crew shortage. The airlines still uh, still don't have the pilot short staff that they need to fly the schedules they were promising earlier this summer and earlier right. this year. The airlines would love to have more planes in their stables. But right now, their bigger concern is making sure that they have the staffing that they need to meet the demand, not only for the holidays, but going into next year. All of it as Americans are making travel plans for the busy period from Thanksgiving through the end of the year. The folks at the Fair Tracker website, Hopper.com, forecast more than half of Americans plan to travel over Thanksgiving, Christmas, or both. And as some travelers encounter airfare sticker shock, Hopper recommends booking by the end of next week to avoid even higher prices. Domestic airfare for Thanksgiving is averaging about $280 round trip currently. That's up 25% from last year. Domestic airfare for Christmas is averaging about $430 round trip, and that's up 55% from last year. Well, Tom, you always have such useful tips. The timing of when you fly, how might that impact how much you'll pay? Yeah. You got to be flexible. So if you can, you should fly the week before Thanksgiving, the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, not the week of, the week before. And then same thing for Christmas, if you can, the Tuesday, Wednesday before Christmas. If you try to travel on Thanksgiving Eve, on Christmas Eve, you're going to pay a lot. And then don't come back on New Year's Day or maybe even the second. You got to come back later in the week in order to avoid paying the most. Uh, guys, one more bit of breaking news we have here from Reagan Airport. The FAA this morning. We'll, we'll announce that they are changing the amount of time flight attendants get between flights, giving them more rest time. That's important because, as you know, flight attendants have been maxed out and stressed out over the course of the last year or so. The FAA mm -hmm. changing, giving them more time. Back to you. All right. Good news. Tom, Tom Costello there. Some breaking news. Thank you, Tom. So Thanks. if you fly now, like tomorrow for yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. Exactly. you're going to get a great, great deal. deal. A lot of family time, though. <laughs> right? you got to be really uh, flexible. And you'll probably get fired really from flexible. your job. Yeah, exactly. anyway. <laughs> All right. Mr. Roker, you got to check out the weather. Always got that Amtrak to there fall back go. on. There you <laughs> go. True, true. Anyway, let's show you what we've got for today. Chilly conditions here in the Northeast with that cold air. Uh, we are looking at temperatures that are anywhere from 10 to 20 degrees below average. Tomorrow, it stays cool along the coast, but as you go inland, warmer than average for Burlington, Buffalo near 70, Detroit 75, Green Bay 73 degrees. And then as we move into the latter part of the week, while temperatures warm up a bit, they cool down again. By Saturday, Boston, you're at 57 D.C. You're going to be at 60 degrees. Cincinnati, uh, 59, 57 in Chicago. But as we move into next week, the eastern, I should say, western half of the country, warmer than average. 
average, but the eastern third going to be a little on the chilly side. And that is your latest weather. Guys? All right. Thanks, Al. Um, thank you. Coming up next, the winning catch that wasn't. New details on a shocking cheating scandal oh. in a fishing tournament, and it's oh. making headlines all around the world. We'll get into it right after this. Oof. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. are back with uh-huh. Chanel Jones, and we're also back with this fishtail that's getting yes. worldwide oh. attention. I mean, that phrase comes from people who exaggerate the size of their catch, but of course you're not supposed to do it in a tournament with prize money on the line, right? Well, apparently not everyone knows that. Gotti Schwartz joins us now with more. Gotti? Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, most fishtails are about maybe the big one that got away. But in this case, they didn't get away. In fact, there is video evidence to prove it. A more than 20-year-old professional competition that this year had a very fishy outcome. Well, we got Chase Kaminsky, Jake Runyon, weighing a big fish, our current team of the year. If you believe those who were there, this is the moment a lot of eyebrows started to go up. Anglers Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky leading yet another fishing tournament. Your new leaders locking it in, team of the year, definitely team of the year champions. They even headed up to take their pictures at the Lake Erie Walleye Fishing Competition, ready to claim almost 30 grand in prize money. But watch closely when just moments later, the event's organizer, Jason Fisher, decides to check the belly of one of those fish. We got weights and fish! There we go! From then on, it's a mob calling fell in a way only true fishermen can. But Jason Fisher wasn't done investigating, finding almost eight pounds of lead weights and a bunch of fresh-looking fish fillets inside. A filleted fish. Meanwhile, Jake Runyon, still standing there, asked point blank what he was thinking. Do you have anything to say, Jake? You call the cops. Angler Steve Hendricks and Brian Ulmer finished fourth. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Or at least almost couldn't believe it. Finally, we don't have to deal with this anymore. And we finally got rid of the problem that everybody suspected. So I just hope, I just hope they hammer them. Turns out it's not the first time Runyon and Kaminsky have been suspected of cheating. Last year, they were disqualified from another championship after one of them failed a polygraph. According to reports, Runyon said he was innocent and got a lawyer. As for this past weekend, law enforcement is now involved. Ohio's Department of Natural Resources released a statement saying they've collected evidence and are preparing a report for prosecutors. Fishing is supposed to be a gentleman's sport where you are supposed to be honest. And for these guys to come in and do this was just absolutely reprehensible. 
Now, we reached out to Runyon and Kaminsky for comment, but we haven't heard back. Now, that local lawyer we spoke with, who's not connected to the case, said the two men could face felony charges, fines, and possibly some prison time. Guys? Wow. Wow. There is nothing sacred anymore. Talk about the scales of justice. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm. You know what? I applaud that. That was well done. Well, you know, they, they decided to do it just for the halibut. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know some of you are getting a haddock. But, oh, you know, my gosh. But that phrase, though, we got weights in the fish. Like the excitement. I know. We got weights in the That's fish. That's a T-shirt. But also, right like, digging in, gutting the fish. Yes. And there they are. And being like, it's like you're caught red-handed. But how about smoking been, guns? How about they've been suspected before, yeah. but they, because they failed a lie detector a polygraph test, test at the fishing tournament. And they Amazing. had paleo fish in there. Oh, my goodness. I can't. Okay. Anyway, just ahead, you love watching The Crown? Well, how would you like to star in it? We have details on the casting call that was just launched. No experience needed. You could be the next star. Wow. (laughs) It's also a little excitement.